Our Bible reading today is taken from Psalm 147. You'll find the words on the screen, and we pray that you'll follow with us as we read through this particular psalm. If you have your own Bible with you in the table or the living room or wherever you're listening from, then we would encourage you to uh, read that with us as well. The Bible says, give attention to reading, and it's right and proper as part of an act of worship that we read together from the Holy Scriptures. It's sad today when many places have abandoned the reading of the Holy Scriptures. Let's hear the word of the Lord together. Psalm 147. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praises comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion, for he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders, and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth, his word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow and the waters flow. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. And we know that the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text today is taken from Psalm 147 and the verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart. And bindeth up their wounds. And my theme today is knowing the God of the brokenhearted. I was thinking of the words broken hearts through the week. I've already preached a message a couple of years ago on the healer of broken hearts. And these words broken hearts were in my mind. I was thinking about death and disease coming into the lives of many families. And one of our young people, uh, a young lady by the name of Bethany, she knows who she is. 
And she shared this beautiful verse with us on Friday night in our Zoom Youth Fellowship meeting. We were asking them for favorite passages of scripture, something that has helped and blessed them. And she shared these lovely words, he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. And immediately the moment she said the verse, I knew there was the text for uh, the Lord's day. I've been thinking of these words and the Lord just gave that confirmation. Psalm 147 is all about the worship and the praise of God. This psalm teaches us about the multitude of things we can praise and thank the Lord for. Literally, of course, we can praise the Lord for everything, and we should do that. Do you know that the personal pronoun is used 14 times in this psalm? And the Lord is mentioned eight times. You see, this psalm is all about God. It's about what he has done. It's about what he is doing. You see, it's not about I. It's not about me. It's not about us. You see, this psalm doesn't really focus on man. This psalm is not man-centered. This psalm is God-centered. And of course, I believe even in that, we have a lesson on how true worship should be offered and true worship should be done unto the Lord. Isn't it sad today that much of which passes for worship you think of the worship songs today. It's so man-centered. It's all about I. It's about me. It's about us. The, the songs and the lyrics have so little or nothing at all to say about the Lord. I believe it's not only sad. I believe it's wrong. I believe it's sinful. Because true worship, yes, must be directed to the Lord. I'm offering a song of praise to the Lord. And of course, that's what um, worship is. It's an offering of praise to the Lord. But it's more than that. It's an offering of praise that's about him. Who he is and what he's like and what he is doing and what he has done in relation to us, the children of men. And one of the things that the psalmist praises the Lord for as he thinks about praising the Lord for everything on life's journey, he's praising the Lord for this. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. My theme today, as I've said, is knowing the God of the brokenhearted. And as I've thought of this text of Scripture through the week and again on Friday night, there's five things that came to my mind. The first thing is this, the pain of the brokenhearted. Notice the words here in the text, he healeth the broken in heart. Think of those words, the broken in heart. Now the Hebrew word broken here is a very strong word. It means to be broken in pieces. It means being smashed in pieces. This is more than just a crack, more than just a dent, more than just a bump. It means crushed and smashed in pieces. The reference to the heart here is not just a reference to the strongest muscle in the body that pumps blood around our human form. It's really a reference to the real you. It's a reference to the inner man. It includes your mind. 
It includes the seat of your affections. It includes your emotions. It includes your will. It includes your conscience. You see, the reference to the heart here, I believe, is used in a very comprehensive sense by the psalmist. It's a really a reference to the whole of the inner man. It's about what an individual is feeling in his body at a particular time, in his mind, in his soul, in a particular set of circumstances. And remember, it's a reference to a heart that is broken in pieces. Is this not a very present problem in our world today? Do we not live in a world that is full of broken-hearted people? Maybe even today, someone who is listening to me, someone who is watching this broadcast, and I'm addressing a broken-hearted person. Maybe you're a broken-hearted father. Maybe you're a broken-hearted mother. Maybe you're a broken-hearted husband or a broken-hearted wife. Or you're a broken-hearted young person. Or you're a broken-hearted child. And today your dreams are shattered. Today you feel that your heart is being smashed and crushed by circumstances. You're you're maybe living in a broken home. And you've got a a heart that's broken. and, And you've got hopes and promises that are smashed and crushed. Now I believe today that one of the worst things that can happen to any precious soul in life's journey is to experience the pain of a broken heart. So I want to ask the question, as we have joined together now for worship again this morning, is there someone listening to me, someone watching, who has a broken heart? Broken in pieces? And your life you feel is smashed and shattered? You you, you feel at this moment you're without help or hope? If that's your circumstance and situation, then I have a message for you. Look at this text. For there's encouragement and comfort here. There's direction for you. Think of these words. He healeth the broken in heart. Who it's a reference to. It's a reference to the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant in company. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart. Can you see the reference to the Lord? To the reference to our God, the one who is all powerful. Remember the Psalms about him. It's about what he is able to do. So I I recognize as you begin to know the God of the broken heart. The pain of the broken heart. I want you to think, secondly, of the particulars of the broken hearted. We could ask today, well, what is the cause of the broken heart? What is the source? What is it that has broken your heart in pieces this morning? So broken that you have sustained a blow that has left you traumatized? As a consequence, so you're facing the fact today that your heart is broken. Malcolm Watts from Shrewsbury has suggested two causes. There's a natural cause, 
and a spiritual cause. Now, I believe, of course, that both are related. I believe that one impacts upon the other. What happens to you naturally in the course of journey of life has an impact upon you spiritually. And, and where you're at spiritually has an impact upon where you're, you're, you're at in a natural sense. I'm going to deal with the spiritual first because I believe it is the most important. And here's one of the causes, the, the particulars of the brokenhearted. So we're beginning to analyze it now. Here's one of the things, the depravity of sin. Over there in Psalm 51 and in the verse 17, the um, psalmist tells us, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. And I want you to think of the psalmist this morning being overcome with a sense of his sinfulness, overcome with a sense of his inward depravity. He's conscious of the fact that he is a sinner by nature and practice before God. In Psalm 51 and verse 5, he says this, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The word behold means see and perceive with the understanding. See, David became aware by the Spirit of God that was at work in his soul in a very cold and backslidden state, of the fact that his own will was depraved, that he was spiritually dead, that his affections were diseased, and that his mind and understanding was darkened. Doesn't this tie into what the Apostle Paul said, Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? When did all sin? Remember we sinned in Adam. Remember, we inherited the guilt and punishment of his first transgression. Remember, we inherited the guilt and punishment that was due to us for every other transgression of the law of God. Remember what sin is. It's a transgression of the law of God. Isn't that what 1 John 3 and 4 teaches us? Sin is the transgression of the law. It's God who defines sin. It's not man. It's God who tells us what sin is. Remember our catechism, sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. And you see, we inherited from Adam not only a bad record, but we inherited from Adam a bad heart, a heart that loves sin and wickedness. It was Jeremiah that said in chapter 19, or verse, chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? And you see, once you begin to see your sin as God has defined it, and you realize you've sinned against God, and your sin is ever before you, and you're conscious of your sin and guilt, remember, isn't this what David come to? David said, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Psalm 51 verse 4, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and declare when thou judgest. See, David come to this realization that he was a, a sinful, depraved soul. He was out of Christ, that he couldn't save himself. So he turned to the Lord in confession and repentance. 
Do you know today that you're a sinner? That you've sinned against God? That you've got a precious soul? That you need to be saved? You need Jesus Christ as the only saviour of sinners? Have you faced up to? Have you taken responsibility for your own sinfulness? Have you come to the Lord? Have you cried out to him like the publican in Luke 18, God be merciful to me the sinner? Have you said like Peter, Lord save me, I perish? I want you to think of two men going to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a publican. The, the Pharisee, he, he prayed uh, with himself. He, he told God he wasn't like other men and he thanked God that he didn't do this, that or the other. But, but the publican, who was really a tax collector, he came into the temple, he wouldn't lift up his eyes. He, he didn't want to look upon the mercy seat. He felt so unworthy. He smote upon his breast. He took the penitent humble place and he cried out God be merciful to me the sinner and it was that individual whom the Lord Jesus said was a candidate for the saving power and the mercy of God that man the Lord Jesus said would home justified just as if he had never sinned could I ask this morning is your heart broken and it's because of a spiritual cause broken in pieces because of your sin your 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 broken heart can be healed upon confession, can be healed upon true repentance. Remember the Savior said, except you repent, ye shall likewise perish. And true repentance is the soul's divorce from sin. Jesus doesn't save us in sin. He saves us from our sin. He breaks the power of cancel sin. He sets the prisoner free. Remember the problem of the heart is really the heart of the problem. Could I ask the question, is this spiritual brokenness ever been true of you? Is your life burdened by sin? Do you feel that you're in the gutter because of sin? Sin is a powerful enemy. Sin will take you down. Sin will rob you. Sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will keep you longer than you ever want to stay. Just ask the prodigal. Ask Naomi in the book of Ruth. Ask this morning, even David, who was cold and backslidden for 11 months. You see, many can't see their sin. Many can't sense it. But the Holy Spirit will come. Let the Holy Spirit apply the word and the law of God so you can feel your sin, so you can see it and sense it. Remember, all sin is against God. Psalm 51 and 4, against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And that's the spiritual cause. The spiritual cause can be brought to the fount called sin. I want you to think of those natural causes in the particulars of a broken heart. Let's think about the death of a precious soul, the death of a loved one. Did you know that in Easter Sunday, April the 16th in 1865, a man called Louis Payne murdered Abraham Lincoln. The Secretary of State had been critically wounded. He was in hospital in Washington. He asked the nurse to move the bed a little closer to the window. He wanted to look out. It was Easter day. He was thinking about new life and resurrection. He wanted to see the skies and the trees. He wanted to see the birds. He was thinking of life, and as he looked out, he could see the war-building flag that was flying at house mask. And he began to weep. And he began to cry out, the president is dead. 
The president is dead. Abraham Lincoln, remember, was a dear friend of William Seard. And as he cried, he began to shake. And he began to weep so inconsolably and so uncontrollably that his very bandages began to weep and seep with blood. He was drained of strength. He was crippled with pain. He was overcome with deep grief at the loss of a dear friend. And hasn't that been the experience of many, many within our own community and congregation and country? Weren't we all stunned and shook with grief when we heard the news of the death of Matthew Arnold almost seven weeks ago coming this Tuesday? I never forget getting the news from his father. Matty is gone. I, I could hardly take it in. Oh, the, the grief of the news of the death of a loved one. You, you think about the death of a wife, a husband, a child. We, we were shocked when we heard the news of the death of that lady in Ballycastle called Claire Smith, aged 35, and her little child, Bethany, aged five, in that tragic quad bike accident. Oh, pray for that family. You, you, you think of death coming in. What about the 473, according to the Department of Health, deaths in Northern Ireland with this COVID-19? Almost 34,000 in the United Kingdom. You see, there's emptiness. There's a vacant chair. There's a loneliness. There's a sense of loss. There's the absence of one's physical presence. No longer being able to touch them. He'll hear their voice and share their company. And brokenness of heart can come because of the death of a soul. And even like William Seward, you can be deemed of strength and, and overcome of deep grief. And you need to know one that's acquainted with grief. What about disease? A loved one is ill. They're in the hospital. They've been sent home. You, you've been told it's, it's a terminal illness. There's no prospect of recovery. Your loved one has been robbed of joy and strength and all mobility. The, the, the prognosis is not good. The outlook is bleak. It's hard. You're, you're, you're thinking it's nothing better for them. I, I think of Hezekiah. Isaiah 38, he's told to prepare for the day of his death. He takes to bed. He's shattered. He chatters like a bird in bed. He, he doesn't want to die. He, he, he mourns this news. He cries to God for mercy. And you know, wonderfully, God mercifully added to his life another 15 years. And even for those that's terminal and the prognosis is not good, look to the Lord for mercy. And may he prolong your days on this earth. I know life is hard and difficult for many. It's difficult for loved ones. It's difficult for those carers in those very hard cases dealing with disease that's terminal. What about disappointment? Isn't life full of bitter disappointments, young people? Doesn't it bring strong blows to bear upon you where you're crushed and sapped of strength? What about the loss of a job? Financial difficulties? 
Hopes that are dashed, that you thought this was going to happen and it didn't materialize. I have been there. I, I know that pain. The Bible says hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And, and almost to the point where you, 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 you grieve in disappointment. Maybe it's a family problem you're grappling with. It's something that's like a dream unfulfilled as yet. Maybe for a young person, it's the loss of love. You've been hurt in some way. You know, I think of a man called Ahab. He was the king. He couldn't get what he wanted. He wanted Naboth's vineyard, and Naboth wouldn't sell the family inheritance to him. So he was so upset, so sorrowful. He took to bed, and he, he deeply pined. Pined over the sorrow of the loss of a vineyard. Has there something affected you like that? Something that you're pining over, something that's crushing you, it's led to bitter disappointment. It's brought a broken heart to your experience. What about desertion? Isn't it so sad when a husband or a wife walks out in the family, a mother leaves the home, and the father and the children's left, and they're numbed with pain, and they don't know what to do. And it's far worse if someone else is involved in the relationship. The loneliness the, the feeling of rejection. The, the, the feeling that you're somehow less of a man. What about when children desert the home? When they leave God and turn their back on God's truth and forsake the teaching of the Bible, forsake Christ, and many rebellious teenagers. I think of the prodigal son who went into the far country with riotous living. Can I say to the young people this morning, if you're listening to me, please don't break your parents' heart. They, they love you. They have brought you into the world. They have raised you. They have brought you to the house of God. They have taught you about Christ and the ways of God. And one day you'll be parents. And one day you'll realize the, the heart of love that parents have for their children. Oh, don't be rebellious. Be, be regenerated. Be, be, be redeemed. Be, be children of God this morning. What about despair? Isn't it another natural consequence and cause of a particulars of the broken heart? What about when a friend turns against you? What about broken relationships? Boy and girl breaks up. What about broken friendships? You see, David knew about that. In Psalm 55 and verse 12, he said, Let's hear the word of God. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him, but it was thy, a man, mine equal, my guide and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God and company. Who was he referring to? He's referring to the tragedy of Ahithophel. He was thinking of Ahithophel's betrayal. It broke David's heart. David wept sore. He was thinking about how cruel and how wrong and, and jealous it was. These were harsh words that were spoken against David. And maybe someone has spoken harsh words against you, criticized you personally, criticized you for taking your stand. And you feel this reproach. And you, you feel that they have, they have knifed you. Didn't the Lord Jesus experience the same thing at the hands of Judas? 
Judas, remember, sat at the table and ate the bread with Christ, and yet he betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy, no man stood with me. He was thinking about being deserted. He, he was at the point of despair. What about the loss of energy? You've reached the point where you feel that you have no desire and will to go on. You're telling yourself in your mind, I can't cope anymore. I can't take another step. I am crushed and broken. There's a loss of energy. You see, there's many more particulars and causes and sources of um, brokenheartedness. But what are you facing right now? What has so cut you up? What has so affected you that left you deeply traumatized within? Is your heart like a vase that's been dropped and smashed and, and it's in bits and pieces? And, and the burdens of life have so crushed you that you can't find the strength to go on. You feel worthless. You, you feel numbness. You feel forgotten. You, you feel the loss of will and desire, even for life itself. Do you feel empty at the moment? Are you full of heaviness? Maybe you're full of bitterness. The psalmist said, trouble and anguish have taken hold upon me. Psalm 119, verse 143. And you've been affected by it all. Are these the particulars of the broken hearted? Listen to this, the promise of the broken heart. If you go back to our text, notice what it says there. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. You see, for every heart that is depraved this morning by sin, and for every heart that faces the bitterness and grief of death of a loved one, facing disease in the body and the disappointments of life and the, the, the desertion of family or friends or, or being brought into despair by some circumstance, look at this text. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. You see, there's one who can heal the broken in heart. You can't heal yourself. This gift of power of healing is not within the remit of father or mother or wife or a child. But glory to God, the message is your broken heart can be mended. Your broken heart can be helped and healed. And God is the one who does this. And how does he do it? He does it by his son. Remember he says in Isaiah 61, it's quoted in Luke chapter 4, he has sent me to heal and to bind up the broken hearted. It's, it's Dr. Lord Jesus. There's no doctor like him. He's the greatest doctor of all time. He's the expert of experts. He's the surgeon of surgeons. Think of a heart that's broken in pieces. Who can heal it? Well, it's part of his work. It's one of the things that he does. Lay hold upon his promise today. Apply the word. He knows from personal experience. He can sympathize. He, he can succor you. He can strengthen you. You see, he specializes in mending broken things. You'll not find him too busy. You'll not send you away empty-handed. He'll not say too late, come back tomorrow. He'll not turn away a broken and a contrite heart. A broken and a contrite heart will not be despised will not be denied. He, he, he can mend you. He can heal you. And he does it personally. He does it powerfully. He does it in a particular way to bring honor and glory to him. And regardless of whether it's the depth of depravity, 
Whether it's death, remember he stood outside the tomb of Lazarus. He wept for Lazarus, but he did say, Lazarus, come forth. Whether it's disease, you can know the touch of the master's hand. He can extend your life. Whether it's disappointment, he can tell you to, to hope in God. Whether it's desertion, when Paul said, no man stood with me, he added, nevertheless, the Lord stood with me. There's not a patient that this great physician turns away. He's a wonderful healer. He's a specialist in broken hearts. And he brings the power of his word. The Bible says he sent his word. And here's his word today. And, and he lives there. And he applies the power of the blood. And whether you're overwhelmed by sadness and weakness and bitterness and helplessness and numbness, you can be freed. And you can have joy and peace in your soul. And, and your heart and your circumstances can be mended today. Could I bring to your attention the fourth thing? The purpose of the brokenhearted. I've asked myself this week, well, Lord, why do you allow these circumstances to come into the hearts and lives of your people? Why are they necessary? And the thought that came to mind was this. That God is glorified in healing broken things. Broken things that are healed and mended. You discover then their true value. God is able to mend broken things. You think of the broken soil that's broken in the springtime to produce a crop in the autumn time. You think of the broken clouds that give the rain. You think of broken grain at the mill to produce bread. You, you think of Christ and his broken body. This is my body which is broken for you. It's broken to give life. It's broken to give strength. It's broken to give spiritual hope and joy. You think of Gideon's broken pictures. Those clay pots with, with the lights inside. Only when they were broken that they gave light. When the Lord Jesus took the bread of the little boy, the five barley loaves and the two small fishes, and he broke them. And can, can you see the picture there? The broken loaves and the loaf becoming whole. The broken fish and the fish becoming whole. You see, it was only when they were broken, there was blessedness. You think of the alabaster box of ointment. It was a very costly box, a lovely box, a box that I would love to have had. The ointment was inside, but it was only when the box was broken and the alabaster was released that the perfume began to fill the house. You see, often we can't see God's purpose and plan. He comes to us and says, what I do now you know, but you shall know after. But there is a plan. God has a purpose. God is at work even in the brokennesses of your life, in the brokenness of your body, in the brokenness of your marriage, in the brokenness of your home. We live in an age when men throw away broken things. They take them to the skip. But not the Lord Jesus. He specializes in brokenheartedness. And he can take a broken heart that's smashed in pieces and he can mend it and make it anew. You think of the way God has dealt with Moses, his servant. Sent him for 40 years in the land of Midian. Away from his family, his culture, way to the backside of the desert. It was a training ground for future service. 
You think of Joseph, 13 years in the prison, even when the iron came into his soul. And yet how God was with him and God blessed him. You think of Jacob wrestling with God at, at, at Peniel. And, and, and how Jacob was a changed man because he touched his leg. And he limped afterwards. He was broken. In the brokenness of life, there was a blessing. You see, the brokenness is not the end purpose. Remember the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 18, he was told to go to the potter's house. He was told, there I will cause thee to hear my words. He says in verse 3, then I went down to the potter's house, Jeremiah 18, and behold, he wrought a work on the waves. Listen to verse 4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So what did he do? So he made it again another vessel. Do you see that? As it seemed good to the potter to make it. And that's what the Lord does. When our lives are marred, the Lord can take the clay and he can remake us another vessel. You see, a clay pot that's marred and has cracks in it and not hold together, it wouldn't hold water. If you put any hot liquid into a, a, a glass that has a crack in it, it could break in places. Well, that's what the Lord does. He knows the cracks are there. He knows that it's marred. He takes and remakes it, and he makes it another vessel. He has the power to put that vessel back together again. He has the power to fill in the cracks and to mend it and make it like new. And, and as another vessel, use it for his glory. That's the purpose of the brokenhearted. We have thought this morning of the pain of the brokenhearted, the particulars of the brokenhearted. We have thought about the promise to the brokenhearted. Here's the purpose of the brokenhearted. It's in the brokenness of things that great blessing can come. There is value in broken things. And there's value in you. And the Lord can come and heal you and make you anew this morning. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new, and all things are of God. I want to say in closing this morning, the praise of the brokenhearted. Over there in Psalm 134, or Psalm 34 rather, and in the uh, verse 18, it was the psalmist who said in uh, a lovely way, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. If he's the hater of broken hearts, then we should begin to praise him. And that's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to turn to him. You see, he would come to you and say, my son, my daughter, give me thine heart. He, he wants you to trust him. See, your heart can't be mended if you hold on to it. You bring the pieces to him and say, Lord, here's my life. Lord, I want you to take my life. It's marred by sin and circumstances. Lord, I, I, I want you to, to make my life in you. You can tell him all that's in your heart and mind. You can be honest with him. You, you, you even can express your, your anger. And you can tell him what you feel in your soul. All that bitterness, all that helplessness, all that sense of numbness. You can go to God and you can tell him. And you can triumph through him 
Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You see, broken things can be mended if we let the Lord do the mending. And whenever you have a broken thing and it's mended, and you begin to appreciate its true value, you begin to praise that, and you be thankful, and you, and you want to share it and show it with others. Well, that's what the Lord does, the praise of the brokenhearted. And as the psalmist praises God for everything, and that's what he's doing here. He's praising God for this glorious truth that he healeth the broken heart and bindeth up their wounds. He sends his word. He applies the power of the blood. He pours in the oil of the Holy Spirit and he brings healing and honor to himself. Oh, if you have an open wound that's festering and sore, you allow the power of the word, the power of the blood, the power of the spirit to apply it to that spiritual wound and bring about your healing. There's a reason to praise the Lord this morning. There's many reasons to praise him. But here's one of the reasons. The psalmist says, praise ye the Lord. He says it's a good thing to sing praises unto our God. He tells us it's pleasant. He tells us it's comely. And oh, whenever a, a, a broken thing is, is, is mended and begins to be blessed, because we've turned to him, will you turn to him now? Repent of your sin and receive him as Lord and Savior. Will you trust in him alone for help and hope? Will you tell him all things about your life? Will you triumph through him? Oh, I commend this little message to you. Know the God of the brokenhearted. And I pray that you'll be helped. Thank you for listening today.